This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Ready! <laughs> Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go. Here we go. We got to have a drive. 23 left. 23 left. Will. One, two, three. This is the Buffalo Bills postgame show. Here's Nate Geary. Good afternoon. Welcome into the Buffalo Bills postgame show. The Bills lose in a stinker today, 25-20 to in London and fall to 3-2 and on the season. Jacksonville moves to 3-2 and with the win. And uh, today with a win in Miami over the New York Giants, the Miami Dolphins would reclaim first place in the division. That's sort of the broader outlook. Let's dive in a little bit into this game that really... I think a couple of storylines will end up being uh, the topic of discussion, you know, kind of the remainder of the week, maybe most notably. It's, it's hard to prioritize these, but I guess we'll first start with the injuries and, and maybe most notably the injuries to two of the best Bills and most consistent Bills defenders so far this season. Obviously, on the first drive, it was Daquan Jones who blows up a play, makes a tackle to force a punt, and comes up. Grabbing at his chest, at his arm, uh, looked like it may be a shoulder or pectoral. Uh, he did not return to the game. So we got one drive from the Bills' most consistent, most dominant interior defensive lineman uh, to start the game. That's six plays into the game. He doesn't return. On the very next drive, Matt Milano gets rolled up on on a play, uh, has his foot in an air cast, or leg in an air cast, I'm sorry, and gets carted off the field, did not return to this game. Um, Von Miller must have hit his pitch count, and I think there just had been so many other injuries that had taken place during the game on that field surface, which is once again, for whatever reason, the NFL removed the grass playing surface that is naturally there at Tottenham Stadium to put a turf surface down that claimed almost claimed the season of Taron Johnson who hyperextended his knee I have no idea how Taron Johnson ran off the field then came back and finished that game the way that his knee bent looked like the Bills were going to lose their best basically their three best defenders in this game two of which came from getting either rolled up on or having the surface play some kind of factor in getting your leg stuck it's just unacceptable to me that the league rolls out a grass surface for this game Play on the grass. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. The league and its players continue to push back on the league, saying that they need more grass surfaces. And an opportunity to do so in, across, the, across the pond in a morning game, and you roll out turf. 
It's remarkable. So injuries, a really big, difficult thing, a barrier today to overcome for this Bills team. And yet, with all of those injuries that happened defensively, the Bills were able to hold the Jacksonville Jaguars offense to 11 points to the first three quarters. They did everything they could to keep this team in the game, and the offense hung them out to dry. It was a bad day from the offense. They never woke up. They, and it really took them to the end of the game, the last final two drives, basically to wake up in this game. They just didn't have it. And I think that's kind of where you get to the the decisions of this Bills, of Sean McDermott and the organization to fly in and travel to London when they did is going to be a big topic of conversation this week. They looked not just flat. They looked unprepared to play. And we've got uh, Josh Allen here who's now at the podium. To a rhythm until late there. Um, they uh, they came out. They had a good plan. Would you say Yeah, we, we didn't we didn't take care of the little things, um, you know, and that's that's on us captains making sure that this team's ready to go, and um, you know they the opposing team they they were ready to go today. We weren't. Yeah, it was a uh, obviously a, a great energy in the stadium. Um, you know, they 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 showed out and. Seemed like there's a lot of Bills mock in the house, which is great. Um, just wish we could have gave them a win. 14 rushes for 29 yards of the team. When you can't run it like that, you're one-dimensional. Yeah, it's not, that, it's not a great stat. Um, we'll get in there and learn from it and hopefully move on. we got a game next Sunday. So. Did, you feel, did you feel coming in as late as you did may have rushed you guys a little bit to get your bodies caught up? And I'm not going to use it as an excuse, but... Did it feel like it was a rushed needing to get ready for this game? Um, I don't think so. You know, at the end of the day, we gotta we gotta be ready to play on Sunday, and it doesn't matter if we traveled on Saturday, Friday, Thursday, and Monday two weeks ago. It didn't matter. Like we didn't put out our best stuff, and um, they did, and that's why they beat us. Um, I mean, I didn't, I, we don't feel like they did anything. Out of the ordinary for them, but um, don't get it twisted. They got a good group over there, and um, they played well. You had two deep balls to Steph. One completed, another one they pulled it away from the interception. What did you see on those two, and what do you think happened on those two plays? Yeah, he did a little double, double move on both of them. Um, the first one, he's wide open, and it's just don't miss him. And then the second one, um, moving up in the pocket box, he got jarred out of my hand a little bit, had to reset, so it got me a little bit late and just left it a little bit underthrown. And, uh, the, the, the guy made a good play. Yeah, well, I'm not sure what's going on with Matt. Um, prayers going out to him. You know, he's uh, one of our, our key pieces on that defense, and he flies around and he makes a lot of plays for us. So, um, you know, hopefully it's not a crazy, crazy injury, and um, hopefully we can get him back on the field soon. But, um, you know, our defense made some some key stops when they had to. Um, you know, we got to be we got to be better for them. What was it, Josh, that was able to get you guys going? You were able to rally late. What did you find offensively? What did you overcome to kind of get in that gear? Um, just um, a little bit of tempo and just trusting what we were seeing on film um, and getting to I don't know, good plays. I guess I, we just we came out in that 
late in that third quarter, early fourth, and felt like we had some more urgency, and um, we didn't have that early on in the game, so we got to be better with that. All right, that is Bills quarterback Josh Allen. That was following today's 25-20 to 20 loss in London. And that locker room sound is brought to you by Reimer Home Services for HVAC plumbing and electric needs. We're going to stay here, and we are going to get our first response from the fans. It's brought to you by Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Surf Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. Let's go to Chance in Alabama, who's going to kick things off here on the postgame show. Welcome, Chance. How are you? I'm uh, been better. Uh, I'm not going to take the low hanging fruit and talk about you know going over on Thursday. I, I just I'm not going to chalk it up to that. I mean it's the NFL game. You got to come prepared to play. And with all the injuries, I think our defense played great for for three quarters of the game. And you know that offense coming out was just lethargic. Um, too many handoffs. There was a, a third and short, like a third and one, and they throw it back three yards on a pitch to Cook, and he just loses five yards. Well, it's fourth and ten inside our 50, and I think we're down five at the time, and our offense has got nothing. It was right after that huge play to Diggs. It was like a, a great play, and if Allen would have threw it a little farther, it should have been a touchdown. But, um, you know, it's fourth and ten. you, you got to go. You just go for it. I mean, what you're going to change the field 20, 20 yards? I Those calls drive me insane. It's a 20-yard net, you know, maybe 25 yards. It's just one of the worst things about football when, when guys kick it at their 40-yard, when they punt at the 40-yard line. And, you know, and one more thing I'd like to complain about. What takes – how come the hurry-up offense always comes at the end of the game? Why, I mean, they scored in, what, 40 seconds, that, that second-to-last drive? run how about we do a little bit more of that i mean that was great i mean and you know and one last thing to complain about is the drops my god gabe davis dawson knox learned to catch the ball gabe davis is not going to get another contract if he keeps this up it's just pathetic and and it's bad coaching all around on on offensive coordinator and defense i mean uh offensive coordinator and mcdermott with his wimpy punt I'm just sick of it, man. It's just it's hard to stomach this, and I hate I hate London games. They're the worst. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for the call, Chance. I, listen, I mean the fourth and ten. I, I don't think there's a lot of coaches in the NFL that are going for it on fourth and ten. I I know where the down I I know where the ball is. Um, you know, it's inside the fifty yard line. It's in enemy territory. But like fourth and ten, the likelihood of you converting that is. Not very good. The Bills pinned him down. I think they got the ball back on the other side. So, like, I get it. That's not really a play that I'm spending a whole lot of time thinking about, you know, as, as a part of why the, the Bills didn't get it done today. You know, it's, it's, it's tough to say, you know, you don't, you don't want to complain about um, – you don't want to complain about you know the, how they traveled and whether or not they – but you also mentioned they were lackadaisical and lethargic. I mean, I think that's why. I mean, they got one – essentially, they got one day of sleep. They were there for three days. And getting in Friday and practicing all day and then getting a one good night's sleep, I can't imagine that's a super great recipe for success. And, you know, I mean, it's going to be something that gets talked about. It just that's that's what will end up being talked about in this game outside of the injuries. And um, the offense went from a, a unit last week that looked unstoppable to um, a team that at times could not get out of their own way today. They couldn't run the ball effectively, um, whether it was on first down and, and we heard – 
I think what has made and what made the offense very good last week and what's made them very good over the last couple of weeks is that they've been able to stay ahead of the sticks and they've been able to get good first down plays and put themselves in second and short situations and third and short situations. And today, um, they just weren't able to do that. And, you know, I, I you go to what they were on third down today. At one point, they were 5 of 12. They ended up, yeah, that's they, the Bills ended up 5 of 12 on third down. That's just not going to get it done. They punted the ball too much today. Um, two turnovers. Obviously, the last one is kind of a, a moot point, and the interception is what it is. But the Jacksonville Jaguars had 38 minutes of time of possession. The Bills had 21. They, they ran 82 plays against a defense that was battered and bruised. You just need more from your offense. You need your offense to be able to pick you up in a game like this. And they just, it took them way too long to get going, to get their bearings straight. And you can blame coaching. I'll probably blame more execution than I will coaching. Um, I I think I always want to try to do that. But yeah, the Bills just could not get James Cook going. Uh, He looked lethargic. He did not look like he had the same explosion and speed um, that he was playing with last week. And they just didn't really have a lot of answers for this Jacksonville Jaguars defense. So a really disappointing uh, performance altogether for the Bills today. And I'll, I'll specifically put it on the offense. That's the game. You just you got to lift up your defense with all the injuries that they, that they were sustaining throughout the game and coming into the game. That's when you got to lean on your, your all-pro quarterback and expect him to, to lift you up. And it just took too long for them to lift it. And Allen was just a little off today. Like a couple of those, you know, Chance mentioned that the one deep ball and – I think he just was a little off today. He was short on a couple, throwing off his back foot. Um, there was meat on the bone. There was plays to be made out on the field, and the Bills didn't get it done today, and they lose 25-20. to 20. We're not going to take a timeout. We're going to stay here and wait for head coach Sean McDermott, who should be meeting with the media here shortly. And while we wait, we'll continue taking your phone calls. We'll go to Dwayne in West Seneca. Dwayne, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Dwayne. Hey, hello, everybody. Well, it's like the same thing season after season after season. This team's good enough to be a playoff team, but they're not good enough to be a Super Bowl team. This team cannot, when the playoffs come around, and we're not even talking. It's October. It's the, eighth, it's the 8th of October, Dwayne. Oh, yes. I mean, I'm talking all the seasons so far, not just this one. They just but came off like a 48-point performance, a 38-point performance, oh, and a 37-point performance. That's what I'm getting at. This team just... When the, what's what I'm trying to put? Okay, they just can't. What, let's say when if playoffs come around or, or whatever time comes around, this team cannot play consistently. I don't disagree with that. I don't, I don't. Week after week, and when the playoffs come around, you gotta play four A plus games against playoff teams, and this team has shown year after year after year they don't have the capability of doing that. From the coaching staff to the offense to the defense at times, everybody just could never get on the same page week after week. You might run a streak of three or four games or three games and then stink the field up for you don't know how many. Well, Dwayne, listen, thanks for the call. They lost basically a full starting defense worth of players. I mean – it's a it's a tough spot, but talking about consistency and they can't win the big one. It's October, and they just came off a huge 28-point victory over a team that scored 70 points the week before. It's a week-to-week league. That's a good football team in the Jacksonville Jaguars that had been there for 10 days in London. The Bills were there for 72 hours. 
turned out to be a bad decision by the coaching staff. That is just, it's a difficult game to go out there, fly for nine hours, play a football game, get back, and then fly back, and in the middle of it, lose the heart and soul of your defense to what looks like a season-ending leg injury, and that certainly had some effect on the game. Like, that... It was like a. It was just like taking the air out of the balloon of a balloon that barely had any air in it to begin with. I'm just. I'm not going to indict this team on a 18 game or 18 week schedule on October 8th because they lost a five point game where they lost their two best defenders, didn't have their their one of their best edge rushers in and Greg Rousseau. The guys they did have in were guys that were on the practice squad a week ago. Like, come on! Like, we're, we're going to make an indictment that this team can't win the big one because they lost a five-point game against an AFC contender in October in London. Come on! Let's go to Mike in Pennsylvania. Mike, you're on the post-game show. Welcome. Hey, I'll give you one bright spot, but I do have a laundry list of things that could have been played a little bit different. But the one bright spot was AJ Epinesa showing oh. consistency from last yeah. game to this game. I was completely he's got to get in the rotation so that's the positive the negative is on that fourth and ten and we did the caller i think before just talked about it um i was in that particular instance i would have went for it and here's the reason why you're going off the feel of the game we could not stop stop jacksonville and we didn't stop them on that punt either so they they still drove down the field so I would have risked it to get 10 yards. Maybe we wouldn't have got it, but it didn't matter in the game. I just want them to be more of a killer out there. But the play calling, I thought, to start the game was very, very conservative. Um, you've got a lot of speed out there on this team with Devon, uh, Hardy, uh, James Cook, and I just need to see some confusion. They did an excellent job last last week against Miami with confusing the defense and getting people in motion. And uh, I just – I, I just think that they were too lethargic to start the game, maybe because they traveled overseas. Uh, but, I mean, you've got to get motion. You've got to get uh, players involved in motion and, and, and misdirections and James Cook. Um, and then, you know, the defense, I, I feel sorry for them. They, they lost a lot of pieces out there, and it's unfortunate. And uh, Milano looks to be like a devastating one, and the cornerbacks are, are, are out, so I'm not sure if they're going to make a trade. Uh, they played a, a good game on defense under the circumstances, but I just feel like the offense did, like you, to your point, let them down. They just have to, you know, start hot, do a little bit more misdirections, and uh, the penalties, the refs killed them today too. Yeah, there was – I mean, that's going to be a part of this game. Thanks for the call, Mike. That probably gets overlooked, but, I mean, just so many penalties, bad calls, both teams. There, it did even out a little bit. Um, but, like, for me – just so, I mean, the, the game ended up being about the referees, and I hate that. I mean, there's nothing worse in pro sports when referees, you know, end up stealing the show, and that's what we saw a lot today. Bad calls, fan, that, that call on Poyer where, like, what's, what's Poyer supposed to do? Just a super weak, super lame call, and then you get these referees, these former referees that come on the broadcast, provide absolutely no value whatsoever. Um, I just, it's... It's a broken, it's a broken system, uh, refereeing in the NFL. Today it was on display and on display for everyone in for, in, uh, in London and prime time and whatever you want to call it. So what are you going to do? Let's go to Rob, uh, Rob in Rochester. Rob, you're on the e, uh, post game show. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, I think the Bills have a Super Bowl roster that being built, but with McDermott and the offensive coordinator. Uh, 
they won't make the Super Bowl. They're they score. Very, they they're the num. They have the they're like the fifth high, highest scoring team through five games in NFL history. They, I mean, they come out conservative. I mean, McDermott's the same thing. He blows timeouts. He could have kept one in the fourth quarter. He didn't. They play a soft defense in the middle for their short pass. They had nobody. They had nobody playing. Rob, Rob, they they had their third and fourth string corners playing today. One of them went out of the game, and you had DeAndre Ingram in the game. Who's on the practice squad today? What do you want? What do you? And and they held him to eleven points through three quarters. You want to blame Sean McDermott? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Why did he do something to Dorsey on the play calling? You know, if you're holding to a point. You, you know that the players got to play, Rob, 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 Rob. You're going to blame play calling in this game. I, I, I'm I'm, flabbergasted that that is the target. The, that, that I'm getting calls about the coaching staff, and these guys aren't good enough to get them over the top. They lost the five-point game <laughs> in a really difficult circumstance. Guys, just like... Reel it back a little bit here. <laughs> They're three and two. It's October eighth. They just scored forty-eight points, like seven days ago. They just beat the 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 team that nobody could beat in the Miami Dolphins. Revolutionary offense. Sean McDermott was a defensive genius last week. And because he was playing soft coverage with third and fourth string linebacker, or third and fourth string corners, third and fourth string linebackers, Tyrell Dotson was playing meaningful snaps today. I just, I, I, I think it's a gross overreaction to a really difficult game. It was not a good game from the Bills today. But to make an indictment of their season, guys, they had someone named, give me a second, Kendall Vickers playing snaps today at defensive tackle as a defensive end who was on the practice squad. Dorian Williams had to play a huge role today because the team's best player on defense got rolled up on and didn't play outside of two drives in this game. The best defensive tackle, that basically the best defensive tackle play we've seen over the last five or seven years in Daquan Jones goes down in the first series. And it's play calling? The offense didn't show today. That happens. The Dolphins scored 70 points, and then the next week scored 20. It happens. That's a good team. That's not the 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a good football team with 10 days in a city and a five-hour difference in time zone, and the Bills had 72 hours. So, you know, forgive me if I'm not ready to indict the entire season and fire the coaches. I mean, guys, come on. Travis and Chictawaga, you're on the uh, postgame show. Welcome. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right. He <laughs> blowed off some steam. <laughs> so I just wanted to call about the um, – I, I really think the problem lies with the Bills' offense today. The defense, they um, they came to show for what they had to go through. I mean, for, for that team, that defense to come out the way they did, I think McDermott was a genius today for holding the Jaguars the way they did. My problem lies with balls hitting Davis in the chest, bouncing off the first drive, 
It was a little overthrown, but I think Cooks could have got it overthrown, hitting the turf. You can't do that versus a team like Jacksonville. You can't allow Jacksonville that many chances to have that many punts. What is it, punt? punt. They didn't even have a first down until the first quarter was almost over. That's where your problem lies. And if, if balls are bouncing off guys' chest, it doesn't matter what you call. You can't have it. I, I mean, I'm just blowing off steam, but, I mean, I'll hang up and let you and let you – talk but that's kind of where I lie with this game yeah listen uh, uh, penalties killed them they'd get a play and then all of a sudden they'd get a holding call right they uh, Josh Allen make a completion holding comes back Josh Allen throws a touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis gets called back for pass interference on the offense I mean they end up scoring in that play but that's just and then a bad drop from Gabe on second down that put them in third and long and they ended up punting so yeah it's uh it's, it was a difficult day today. The, Bill, the Bills offensively were not sharp. They were not sharp. That's what caused them. Yeah, and was the play calling could have been better? The play calling could be literally better in every single game. For every team in the NFL, you, will, you could make an argument that in every single game, you could have better play callers. So, yeah, that's going to happen. But this game, the Bills didn't not play well offensively because Ken Dorsey. The Bills didn't play well offensively because they were not sharp. They did not execute at a high level. And that's the result you're going to get against a good team. I just don't, like, that's it. Like, that's the story. There's not some deeper meaning. There's not some layered approach offensively that Ken Dorsey could have changed midway through the game. When the offense doesn't execute, sometimes it doesn't matter what you run, it doesn't matter what schemes you draw up. You need the players to play. How come it's, you know, it's the Jimmys and Joes? over the X's and O's until it's not, right? I mean, that's the saying because coaching is important and coaches can set you up for success. But if you can't execute, it doesn't matter how they set you up for success. And that's really where I'm at today. The offense hung the defense out to dry. Again, the defense with tons of players missing held a very potent offense with very good receivers and a fantastic running back in Travis Etienne to 11 points through three quarters. And then they started leaning on that Bills defense because they had run 71 plays up until late in that fourth quarter when Travis Etienne busted off that touchdown run because the offense kept kicking the ball, kept them to pump the ball because they couldn't sustain drives and hang out to the football. They almost got doubled up in time of possession today. Ryan in Illinois, you are on the postgame show. Welcome. Yeah, a couple of things here. I think you hit the nail on the head with time of possession. The first two drives of the game, you go two and out, and you watch Jacksonville take over. I mean, Buffalo plays a lot of zone, and Jacksonville runs a lot of seam routes. And it got to a point towards the end of the game where Elam just kept getting turned around on these curl routes uh, that Ridley was running, and it was third down, move the sticks every time. And at the end of the game, he runs that seam route, and you've got Hines covering him, you know, sad state of affairs with the depth on defense at corner that hides the guy that's going to cover a number one receiver man-to-man with the game on the line. You can't fault that because of the injuries that occurred and, and all of that, but at some point, defensive back is going to be a depth issue for this team, and until they get that figured out, good quarterbacks with aggressive offensive play callers are going to continue to exploit this, but at the end of the day, in the world of like Howard picking the Bills, Anytime you see Jacksonville on the schedule that's not in Orchard Park, just put it down as a loss and you move on to the next game because 
there's not much to take away from this game until you go back and watch the film. Nothing really stood out. And I hope Sean Smith doesn't throw a fly at me for this call. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Ryan. Yeah, hopefully you don't get called for the flag. I agree. That's funny. Yeah, and the play you're referring to is you know that third and four, third and four dagger with three minutes left, um, and you know. Trevor Lawrence throws. First of all, that throw to Calvin Ridley was an absolute beauty. Um, I mean, Micah Hyde's hip-to-hip with Calvin Ridley. That's their best receiver. And, yeah, do you want Micah Hyde, a safety? It doesn't matter how good your safety is. Do you want your safety over the number one offensive weapon on the other team? Probably not. But the Bills were unable to generate the same level of pressure that they were able to over the last couple of weeks because of the injury situation. They just did not have the same effectiveness rushing the passer today which forced Josh uh, which forced Sean McDermott to run more simulated blitzes run more pressure looks five and six man pressures because at the end of the day if you're not able to get to the quarterback which they really weren't at the same level of efficiency that they've been over the last couple of weeks then the quarterback has time to throw and this is a good quarterback Trevor Lawrence is a very very good quarterback all right we've got Sean McDermott here at the podium um and obviously we came up on the short end here. Um, injury update for you, uh, Matt Milano, uh, it's a knee and lower leg injury. Um, I know it's not looking good right now, but I don't know any details beyond that at this point. Um, and then DeMar, or, uh, Daquan Jones, it's a pec injury uh, and also not looking good at this point. Um, but I'll, I'll know more in a little bit here. Time's yours. Though it seems by his schedule injury, it must have been really good for you to see Bob Miller take the field back again. And how much of a positive injury does he bring to that locker room and to when he is on the field uh, with the team? Yeah, it was, you know, it's been a long road back for Vaughn, and he's worked his tail off to get back here. And um, good to have him back out there with us. What didn't work for you today? Well, I mean, I think when you look at it, you got to start the game faster, number one. Um, you know, I think we started three and out, three and out, four and out, maybe uh, four punts in a row, I believe. Um, so we got to get started faster. And just the overall, you know, getting the ball back to the offense, offense sustaining a drive, right? Penalties, you know, too many times shooting ourselves in the foot where we're about to get off the field or we're starting to get into a rhythm offensively. And then we have a penalty that's, or a negative play that sets us back. So um, just all in all, not good enough. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a setback for us. Um, we, we you know we were confident in, in um, Dorian who went out there, and then and then uh, T Dot was out there as well. Um, so I applaud those guys, T Dot and, and Dorian going out there and um, not getting a lot of the reps during the week, but going out there early in the game and, and having to perform. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the, the rapport that he has with everybody else out there, you know, TB and then the back seven, you know, uh, together. They, they've got a rapport that they've built up over the years and in particular this season so far. And, and so you lose that a little bit. Um, but like I said before, we, we are confident uh, in those other guys.
Yeah, the Russian coverage had to work together, and um, it wasn't good enough today. Sean, late in the game, it looked like you turned to Jamarcus Singram. Uh, was there an injury to Kyrie Elam, or were you just trying to mix something up? No, uh, no injury to Kyrie. Just more situationally, uh, wanted to get another player in there. Sean, what was the thought behind having Micah lined up against Calvin? Yeah, yeah, that was a zero blitz. Uh, knowing we wanted to force to get the ball out uh, based on you know the options that they had at their disposal at that point, third and medium there, and and um, quarterback made a good play. Yeah, super appreciative of the fans that came out. Uh, I know that's not the result we wanted, uh, but but Bills Mafia obviously was uh, very present and uh, made themselves uh, heard today. So I appreciate that. John, Josh used the terms. I think it was tempo and urgency, kind of a lack of both early in the game, and they finally found a groove late when they rallied. I think a lot of people would ask you: Are you second guessing at all the decision to fly over here when you did? Were they a little sluggish, and, and was that part of the issue? Well, you know, we'll see if. Uh, whatever comes up down the road in terms of us coming back here, but we, we need to evaluate everything um, because I didn't feel like our energy was good enough early in the game. They had better energy than we did. Sean, Elam, Elam has been inactive until today. How important that lack of rhythm has been for his performance today? Give me that again, please. Elam, Elam, the cornerback, has been inactive until today. How important do you think that lack of rhythm no, I mean you're 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 playing. You're expected to play and, and and perform well, regardless of whether you've played or been active or inactive the, the week before. And guys have done that over the years. Coach, you're a big game coming up against New York next Monday night. How's the game plan got to change coming against them in the game? Yeah, I mean uh, we're going to fly back tonight, um, watch the film on the way home, and and learn from this. And um, you know we got to we got to get ourselves back where we need to be. Um, fundamentally, we've got to get ourselves back. Let's just talk about throwing and catching, you know, tackling, right? Those are the things that are, are um, you know, at the forefront of some of the reasons why we got the result we did today. And um, and so we got to go back and make sure we're emphasizing that and, and that um, along with just getting us in sync on both sides of the ball a little bit quicker and, um, and then playing better complementary football all three phases. Yeah, he showed up. Um, we were getting low on numbers there, and uh, the D line. We only, you know, had but so many players down the stretch there. But um, I noticed, I noticed AJ. I thought he performed well and gave, gave great effort. He's had some struggles recently. Do you think this is a level he's maintaining, or was today a step forward? Well, I think he's playing confident football. I think he's mentioned that before. His confidence is at a different level this year, and and, uh, and that's showing. Yeah, uh, Vaughn was on a pitch count today, so we didn't have him, um, you know, through through the second half like we would we would hope down the road here. But it was great to have him back on the field, and um, you know, you could just see him out there and his impact on the game. You said you don't want the plan is for coming back another time. Do you welcome playing here? We would. Yeah, absolutely, we would. We we enjoyed just the opportunity to be over here. It's an honor um, to be selected to, to play here, and um, certainly appreciative of of our hosts. Uh, here in London. Yeah, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we got to be able to win the line of scrimmage a little bit more. I think we had 29, 29 yards rushing. Um, that's not going to be good enough to win most most times in the NFL.
Thank you. All right, that is Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, and Sean McDermott's coach's podium is brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at NorthtownAuto.com. We're going to take a timeout. On the other side, we'll continue taking your phone calls, 803-0550, the number to call here on the Buffalo Bills postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills radio network. Back to pass, looking in the right corner of the end zone, fires a bullet into Stefan Diggs. Complete for the touchdown. 15 yards. That was a laser. Chris Brown there, and that is the electric play of the game. It's brought to you by Town Mazda and Town Hyundai for an electrifying performance. Check out their exciting lineup of EVs at townauto.com. Time now for the Skyworks stats of the game. Skyworks equipment rental, building America from the ground up. And in this one, Josh Allen, the numbers will end up being pretty good, but for the offense today, it uh, seemed like a lot of the day they were stuck in the mud. Josh Allen finished 27 of 40, 359 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. He was not sacked today. He had a quarterback rating of 102. He also led the way rushing, which is not to say much because he went four for 14 today. Um, not great. James Cook, five rushes, negative four yards for James Cook today. Receiving-wise, two 100-yard receivers today. Stephon Diggs finished eight for 121 in a score on 11 targets and Gabriel Davis finished six for 100 and a touchdown Deontay Hardy had a big one in there too two catches in this game for 62 yards James Cook added three for 25 and the curious case of Dalton Kincaid continues two catches for 19 yards in this game for a guy that the Bills traded up for and had all these intentions of running more 12 personnel the personnel usage has been there the usage of Dalton Kincaid has not and that continues to be a storyline, at least for me, um, as they continue to struggle to find ways to A, to get him the ball, but B, make him an important part of the game plan. And uh, let's check our managing the game, which is presented by the financial guys, Western New York's one-stop financial stop, uh, one-shop financial shop. Um, and looking at the game with how McDermott and Dorsey managing the game, uh, I know a lot of folks talking about that fourth and ten. Um, I, I'm, I'm not really going to kill the coach on the fourth and ten situation. Uh, it's not a lot of precedent. Not a lot of guys are going to uh, make the call to go for it on fourth and ten, even though they've been, they were down all game. Uh, it's just a difficult spot there uh, to call uh, and, and, and to go for it. So um, on that one, and then Ken Dorsey, it's, it's again, it's hard to judge whether play calling and uh, or, or execution was bigger to blame today. I, I usually like to tend on the the side of play uh, execution not being there, and, and I think we saw that today with the Bills just not really being able to to put it together offensively until late in the game when they started running no huddle and. You know, the uh, the Jaguars started running prevent defense, and that's just kind of how it goes. A lot of people wonder, you know, or ask, you know, why don't they just run no huddle all game? And part of the reason is they the teams don't run prevent defenses the entire game. Um, and that's what happened. I mean, the, the Jaguars went into their prevent in their two-deep shell um, and let the Bills walk down the field on them. So that's what happened, and that's that, I guess. Let's go grab a couple more phone calls before we take a timeout. Let's go to Eddie in Lancaster. Eddie, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Eddie. Eddie, you there? Sorry, no, Eddie. Let's go to Peter in North Tonawanda. Peter, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Peter. Peter, you there? Going once. All right, another call. Let's go to Mike in Buffalo. Mike, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Good, I've man. heard a lot of great comments already, and I don't, I don't think anybody should overreact to today's game. But honestly, you know, you guys have made a lot of points yourselves because you're talking about flying in on three days of rest or one sleep realistically you throw a defense out there who's all hyped up you lose half your defense in the first quarter and you're running no huddle almost the whole first half of the game 
you're putting your defense right back on the yep. field. You're going three and out. You're not moving the ball. I'm not going to question Ken Dorsey. We're, we're one of the top offenses in the league, but I'm honestly going to question some of the decision-making just because of the no huddle. We haven't run no huddle all year, and we haven't run it successfully. And we're out here in England on one night of sleep, and we've got half a defense on the field with, with like you've already mentioned, fourth stringers out there. That's the only point I wanted to make because that's really the biggest critique of mine. I mean, you can complain about the refs all you want, but at the end of the day, like you've already said, you've got to execute. You've got to run plays. You have to be in a position to win. But when you're being put out there and Josh is being forced to run a no-huddle offense, which we haven't run this year, it, to your point, we are flat, we're tired. Let's take the extra 15 to 17 to 18 seconds, get in the huddle, let them take a look at the defense, make maybe make an audible at the line, which we did, and we scored a touchdown to Gabe Davis with. And that's that's really the only comment I had. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was a difficult game today because it just felt like the, the, the guys you really need moving are the offense. You need... You need the offense to be the the driver regardless of the day. And today the the offense was needed more than ever and they no showed. And that's difficult. And it's a it's a it's a tough pill to swallow because this is a team that's built around the quarterback. And, you know, you you hear Sean McDermott say that both with both Matt Milano and Daquan Jones, it's not looking good. I think the Bills are likely gonna be without those guys for the rest of the season. And that's gonna put even more pressure on this Bills offense to put up points. And they've shown they can do that. Um, it's just a shame that the season, you know, looked so good and so excited to get Von Miller back and get the whole Tredavious White and Poyer Hyde and get, get all those guys involved and huh, get Von Miller back. And basically you're, you're going with the same guys that ended last season with the exception of getting Micah Hyde back. It's, it sucks. Uh, it's a gut punch. It's, it's a tough pill to swallow as a Bills fan. I get it. I get the doom and gloom. Trust me. I really, really do. It just it, it feels like the the organization the franchise just can't catch a break, and it for a little bit feels like the window for this team to win their Super Bowl passed. And I get that that's what if that's what you feel. And and today might be another um, might be another hard thing to accept. I don't. The season's not over. It's October eighth, but you know it's it's depressing. There's no doubt about it. Thanks for the call, Mike. Let's take a timeout. We got more calls to get to on the other side. We got more player sound and reaction live from the locker room. We'll get you eye on the quarterback on the other side as well. So we got a lot to get to here on the Buffalo Bills postgame show. This is Buffalo Bills football. The Buffalo Bills fall to 3-2 and two on the season following a 25-20 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. Bills quarterback Josh Allen led the way passing with 359 yards through the air and two touchdowns, while Stephon Diggs led the way for receiving on the Bills with eight catches for 121 yards and also a touchdown. However, the massive storyline for Buffalo was injuries as all-pro linebacker Matt Milano left the contest early with what Bills head coach Sean McDermott later described as a knee-slash-lower leg injury and defensive tackle Jaquan Jones, who also left the contest early, is officially dealing with a pec injury. McDermott, in his post-game press conference, says that neither injury is looking good next up for the bills it is going to be a home sunday night clash against the new york giants the bills played early so six games going on on the one o'clock schedule the falcons currently lead the texans seven to six early in the second quarter the lions are on top of the panthers 14 to nothing the lions are without both jameer gid and 
Amon Ra St. Brown. The Colts on top of AFC South rival Titans 7-3. Dolphins lead their contest with the Giants early 7-0. Saints early on top against Patriots 14-0. Mac Jones already have thrown a pick six in that one. And the Ravens there on top of AFC North rival Steelers 10-0. Later on in the schedule, we've got four 4 o'clock games. Eagles, Rams, Bengals, Cardinals, Jets, Broncos, and Chiefs, Vikings before Sunday Night Football as the Cowboys take on the 49ers. This update brought to you by Independent Health, well beyond insurance. Learn more at redshirttreatment.com. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. All right, welcome back to the Buffalo Bills postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Nick Geary here. We've got another hour of uh, network postgame. And then locally here uh, on our flagship, WGR Sports Radio 550, we'll have the overtime show. I will continue on until 4 o'clock here locally for those interested in listening. Let's get back to the phones and go to John in North Buffalo, who's been waiting patiently. John, you're on the postgame show. Welcome. Hey, Nate. How you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, so I think, you know, the one big question that I had is what were these sports scientists thinking of sending the Bills to London? What was it? Uh, a little over 48 hours, maybe, to the game? Can you remind me? I think they got in on Thursday morning. Yeah, to, I don't know. To me, it just doesn't think of, it doesn't seem to be like enough time. I mean, if you ask the average Joe, you know, if they're traveling abroad, how long it takes for them to adjust to the time zone difference, I mean, yeah, it may take about two days. But, again, we're thinking about elite-level athletes who need to be playing at the top of their game. Uh, To me, it seems – I, I, I can't put my finger on it, but it seems like I can't trust the science. You know, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking by sending them that close to the game. I mean, I, I don't get it. Yeah, uh, it's going to be something, John, thanks for the call. <clears throat> it's definitely going to be something that gets talked about all week. It's, again, not maybe the biggest storyline from this game, but it's one of the bigger storylines of this game is their decisions and that led up to this week, when they were going to travel, all of that stuff. That's all going to come into focus um, as we sort of you know, digest and take apart, pick apart this game and the performance, and uh, it's certainly going to be a topic of conversation. Take a time out. Thanks for the call, John. We've got an open phone line at 803-0550. If you want to get your thoughts in, the Bills lose 25-20 to on the road. They fall to 3-2 on the season. Up next, the New York Giants on Sunday night football. This is Buffalo Bills football. The Buffalo Bills fell to 3-2 and two on the season following a 25-20 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London. Bills quarterback Josh Allen, he led the way passing with 359 yards through the air and two scores, including a rushing touchdown. While Stephon Diggs, he led the way for Bills receivers with eight catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. However, the massive storyline for Buffalo was the injuries as all-pro linebacker Matt Milano left the contest early with what Bills head coach Sean McDermott later described in his postgame press conference as a knee and lower leg injury and and defense tackle Daquan Jones, he also left the contest early with a pec injury. McDermott did say in that postgame press conference that neither injury looks good at this juncture. Next up for the Bills, it'll be a home Sunday night clash against the New York Giants. With the Bills playing early, there are six games going on in the 1 o'clock hour. Currently, 
Falcons lead the Texans 7-6. The Lions are up on the Panthers 14-0, but the Panthers are in the red zone. Colts lead the Titans 10-3. The Dolphins are up on the Giants 14-0. The Saints, they're in the red zone, and they already lead the Patriots 14-0. Mac Jones has thrown a pick six in that game to open up the scoring, while the Ravens, they lead AFC North rival the Steelers 10-0. Four games in the 4 o'clock hour, Eagles and Rams, Bengals and Cardinals, Jets and Broncos, and Chiefs and Vikings, followed by Sunday football, which will be Cowboys and 49ers. Scores around the league, they are delivered to you by the UPS store, Be Unstoppable. in the shotgun back to pass again. Gonna roll out to his right, tons of yardage. Tries to fire a bullet to Davis. Did he catch it on the sideline? Holy cow, he did! Dave Davis, what a catch! Welcome back to Buffalo Bills postgame here on the Buffalo Bills uh, Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Nate Geary here at Network Controls. We've got another hour of Bills postgame coverage. The Bills drop a stinker 25-20 to in London to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And again, the Bills drop to 3-2 and on the season. The Miami Dolphins currently with a 14-0 lead over the New York Giants. That one with 7-20 left in the first half. So um, the Results stay the same or nothing changes in this game. The Dolphins will be back in first place in the AFC East. The Bills will be in second place. No need to worry about the New England Patriots. They stink. Let's go back to the phone to get connected with our fans. And we'll go to Andrew and Cheektawaga. Andrew, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Nate, thanks for taking my call. Um, First of all, I want to say I kind of disagree when you say that the window of the playoffs are closing and you – we got Josh Allen. We're going to be good, man. And also, also, secondly, I kind of disagree with like the callers earlier, like saying things about uh, Sean McDermott. Like I've I've been a season ticket holder since 2010. Like I remember the Rex Ryan, the Dick Duran, and the Mike Patton years. Like he's he's a good coach, man. And I also want to say I thought AJ Espinosa played by far his best game of his whole career. Yeah, he was all over the field. Thanks for the call, Andrew. He like tipped batted balls. Um he was remarkable in this game. I thought um he got off the ball very quickly. He just looks like a very different football player than the AJ Epinesa I remember from his rookie season where he kind of looked bigger and slow. Um he lost all that weight going into his second year. Um we saw some jumps, we saw some steps from him last year. Um and then this year early on, he's really demanded more playing time even without or even with injuries I know he's been playing a lot but without them um, AJ Epinesa has has earned the right to play especially with how well uh, he played this week and he played I think pretty damn well last week and and two weeks ago as well he gets the interception a couple weeks ago in Washington Um, two big batted balls though today that uh, that I thought were 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 big game changers for the Bills in this game let's go to Mike in New Jersey Mike you're on the postgame show welcome Mike Hey, thanks. Uh, I'd like to say I, I like how you guys lead with the Gabe Davis catch at the end of the game that really didn't matter. The catch that did matter was on second down when he dropped it and it killed our drive. And uh, I think that needs to be brought to the light because this happens all the time with this guy. He's always dropping the ball. And it's not just him. Knox had a, you know, drops the ball on occasion too, but that was a drive killer. 
The defense has been on the field too much today. They put, they stood on their head most of the game. But, uh, you know, I mean, Gabe Davis got to catch that ball. I think it was second and 10, and he dropped it, and it killed the drive. And we, it was 11-7 at that point still, too. Yeah, that was uh, that was a key drop and a key moment. Um, I, you know, I, I, I hate kind of looking back at individual plays that – you know, kind of turned the tide. I thought that the generally speaking over the course of the game, there were just wasn't enough life from the Bills offense. I think that was a major reason why they lost. I, I don't really want to look at one drop or one play and, and sort of surmise that as being the reason the Bills lost this football game. I, and I don't know you're not suggesting that drop was the reason that the Bills lost, but um, uh, the, the macro of this game is far more concerning to me than the micro, a, a couple of plays here and there where uh, you get a drop. Because drops are going to happen, um, whether it's you know Gabe, whether it's Dawson Knox. Um, you know, Gabe, Gabe has had some issues hanging on to the football. I, I think he's been very good this year. He hasn't had those drops. Um, that was a moment that I think you'd like to have back. That was a bad drop from Gabe. And we, you know, the, the Bills need him. Um, they need him to be better. Um, and, but in this game, he finishes with six for 100 yards. And I think he's got four touchdowns in four straight games. So Gabe Davis has been playing very good football this year. Uh, just a, a, a tough drop at a tough moment, no doubt. Let's go to Peter in North Tonawanda. Peter, you're on the postgame show. Welcome. Hey, Nate, thanks for taking my call. I missed you last time. I missed too slow with the mute button. Um, I wanted your QB wisdom. I know you have on this. Be with. Uh, I thought they ran uh, James Cook too much up the up the middle when it was, you know, as Jeremy likes to say, uh, stacked with giant people. Is it impossible running what you call the 12-man offense with the two tight ends to spread that far out so they're not so piled up if they're going to run the ball with him? Because he was coming from a standing position, standing still, and he ended up minus four yards for the day, so I thought that said it all. And the other thing I wanted to say was um, Biggs had both hands on that bomb. He got it wrestled away from him. I thought that was a huge play in the game. So. Was thanks that time, was a buddy. huge play? I, I yeah. Thanks for the call, Peter. I'd like I'd like Josh to put that ball out there a couple more yards and let let Diggs run run to it. I mean, he beat the defender. He had space be- between him and the in the end zone. Um, it's um, that was that was an unfortunate play. But that, to your question about the run game, it just didn't work today. Um, this has been a very good run game for the Bills all year. Um, I know it's still early in the season, but I, I think for me. Today they needed more of the run game, and they got nothing. And and it looked like James Cook just was didn't have it today. And sometimes that happens. But I I think maybe the the travel really affected him. He just did not look sharp um, or on his game at all. It just it just was not James Cook's day. Um, and and I think for me the run game really didn't go get going until uh, you saw some Damon Harris play. Uh, I I thought that he was probably their best runner today, Damon Harris. But I mean he, all those guys basically had between three and five carries. They 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 really couldn't run the football. Um, it's not that they couldn't run the football with with volume. I think they just were off the field and they were putting themselves in second and long situations and you're not going to um, run the football a whole lot in second and long situations. At least I hope not. Um, so it just was a tough day altogether for the Bills running attack. No doubt about it. Let's go to Ray in Rochester. Ray, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Ray. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I just want to mention, you know, good. Um, I enjoy your show. Uh, Thanks. The next six games, I was just flipping through this. Uh, the next six games are pretty much cake game. Cincinnati is the toughest one of the list, but it's, New England, Tampa Bay, Cincinnati, the Jets, um, and two other lightweights. Um, so, I mean, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, but they just lost to Jacksonville in London after a big win against Miami. And now we've gone from, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl, to, oh, season's over. It's October. Get a grip. 
Heard that, man. I get it. It's um, you, you, you tend to try not to take too much from a game like today. Again, I, I think there was just a lot of other like outside circumstances that played a part in this game. I think most notably the travel and um, that the Jaguars had 10 days over there in London. And I, I, you know, going into this game, I wasn't sure whether or not I'd view that as a, an advantage or a disadvantage for um, the Jaguars. Because I know if I'm traveling, and I'm especially if I'm traveling far distances from home, where you're going to have, you know, big... Um, time zone differences is how that could negatively affect the team that was there for very long and the bills maybe it wouldn't um, necessarily you know affect negatively but I think that it was a huge advantage for the Jaguars to be there for 10 days and for the bills to not have been there um, for very long I think really hurt them in this game Um, so there's no doubt about that thanks for the call let's go to Todd in Atlanta Todd you're on the postgame show welcome Todd hey thanks for having me Um, just a little frustrated with the offense um, since uh, Dorsey has come in and Dable's uh, been gone, I felt like last week was very similar to the way we used to see the games. And I felt like this week uh, Dorsey came in with a flat game plan right from the start. And you were saying this is Josh's team, and everybody's saying that Josh might be the MVP of the league. Why are they not allowing Josh Paul plays and why aren't they leaving the ball in his hands like they did the last two drives? Granted, it was the you know the prevent defense, but I think if you let Josh control the game a little bit more, we see some good results. Yeah, thanks for the call, Todd. Um, yeah, listen, uh, the offense didn't play well today, and there's going to be a lot of discussion about why that is, who's at fault, what's to blame, is it the play calling, is it the execution? I, I'm going to kind of lean towards execution like I like I always tend to do, um, but I think for me, the, the difficult part of this game is going to go back to the fact that the defense, with all the injuries, was able to keep this game close enough for the offense to just kind of make its move and finally strike, and that just never happened. It wasn't until really the game was out of hand um, or, or really kind of out of reach uh, before any real moves were made. So, yeah, the, the offense is definitely a, a disappointing factor today. There's no doubt about that. Let's go to Kine in London. You are on the postgame show. Welcome, Kine. Hi. Um, so I just wanted to ask about – um, so the coming of like Dalton Kincaid was well awaited and he's kind of been like underperforming in some of the recent games. So how do you feel about that? Um, it's tough because I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the plan is here for Dalton Kincaid. I've been wondering what the plan is here for Dalton Kincaid over the last couple of weeks, Kyan. And it, it's, it's frustrating in that you put a lot of investment into this into this position, into the tight end position, and you do run the Bills, you know, Ken Dorsey, they run a lot of 12 personnel. So that's been the big shift this year. They've gotten better run looks out of it and all of that. But it has not really equated to him being an important piece of this offense. And I think there was a lot of expectations for, for Dalton Kincaid to maybe be the second leading receiver on this team this year. And, and I think he probably still should be, but he's not been. And he's basically being used as a glorified checkdown outlet. And that's just not what I envisioned this role being. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's our collective fault for thinking more, thinking that 
you were going to get more from Dalton Kincaid in this offense, that he was going to be a vertical threat in this offense. And that just, again, just has not been the case um, through the first quarter of the season. They're not using Dalton Kincaid in meaningful ways. They're certainly not using him in meaningful ways down the field. I mean, you can make the case maybe in some of the intermediate and short areas he's playing well or they're using him. But I don't think this is a Dalton Kincaid problem. I think it's a Bills problem. I think it's a Ken Dorsey problem. They've got to find better ways of getting him involved in the areas of the field that you know he can be good at. And what we knew going into the season and where we knew he really dominated at the college level was the intermediate to deep parts of the field and those, you know, being able to stretch the team, stretch the field from inside and not just out from the boundary. And that to me is the most frustrating part of it is you just haven't been able to see the evolution of what this player is down the field. We've seen a lot of, you know, dink and dunks and seen a lot of over the middle option routes, but we have not really seen the, you know, him going one-on-one against the linebacker or a, or a zone corner um, down the middle of the field for a big play. And that's got to come. It's got to be part of the plan with him. And if it's not, then there's no reason to draft him. There just isn't. Let's go to Tristan in South Buffalo. Tristan, you're on the postgame show. Welcome. Hey, what's going on, man? Nothing. I got a few things. Uh, hopefully you can help me out here. Uh, first thing is, uh, man, what a performance on our defense, man. They they, they literally balled out uh, with all the injuries. Uh, just super stoked about the D. Um, not super stoked about Milano or uh, D. Jones. But uh, what I really wanted to bring up was I paid attention to the DBs mostly today. And my goodness, Elam, Elam is so frustrating to watch. I, I, he got toasted a few different times and the drop off from white to even Benford to Elam only speaks volumes on why Elam hasn't been on the field for four weeks straight. Like I I wanted to ask you, man, what are, what are our plans behind Benford? Even when Benford gets back, what is the depth behind him? Because Elam is, Man, we're playing, I mean, obviously Ridley and them boys out there, they're great receivers, but, man, what are we going to do when we're up against, you know, top-notch guys coming up, man? Kansas City, Cincy, Philly. I mean, Elon was out of position on a couple of big chunk plays today. It's super alarming to me. And if we're going to watch this guy all year play alongside Jackson and Benford, it's going <laughs> to be tough, man. I mean, I really – we got to do something. We're, we're talking about Kincaid, you know, not being used, you know, first-round pick. But let's talk about Elam, first-round pick, that's not even playing for four weeks straight, obviously, because, I mean, look at – look at – look what he's doing. It's just it's, – it's baffling to me why we haven't done something yet to – a trade, something, man. I mean – the guy is just not there for me. It, it really, it, he's just really not there. Yeah, he's and been disappointing. There's no doubt about it. Thanks for the call, Tristan. It, it's, it is why he doesn't play, right? I mean, it's it's a difficult spot for the Bills franchise to be in because you're using a sixth round pick and Christian Benford over him. And to your point, Tristan, um, he does not look nearly at, the, the drop off from Benford to, to Elam is much bigger than the drop-off from trade to, to, to Benford. And I think, you know, when, when all things are, are equal, it's going to be Benford, and I think it's going to be Dane Jackson. And I think that will be the, the kind of combo they're going to have to go with the rest of the way here. But the Bills are going to be scrapping it together on defense all year. They're going to need the Bills offensively. To, to carry the load for this team without Matt Milano and Daquan Jones, which sucks because, again, I think Trey was finally getting back to form 
But Matt Milano is the best off-ball linebacker in football. Daquan Jones was playing like one of the top three or four interior one techniques in all of football. And you lose both of them in two, in two straight series today. It's just gut punches after gut punches. It's just, it's tough. Those are tough things to overcome in a season, much less in a game. So, yeah, just a, a, difficult, a difficult situation all around, no doubt about it. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Brian in West Seneca. Brian, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Brian. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, so we went from my uh, Uncle Chuck's uh, number one bar to the next basement, and uh, a few of us wanted to bring some stuff up. Now, the reason why I called was the fourth down call, and after listening to a few people over the last little while, uh, wow, I could sit here for a half hour and talk to you, but the fourth down call that I wanted to bring up was, um, okay, fine. We didn't want to go for it. But my thing is, is we have a, a field goal kicker that is 100%. Um, everyone was like 15 in the air. Ah, why didn't want to go for it? Well, why not? 100%. 100% field goal kicker. Give him a shot, maybe. Um, and then that way, the other things could go your way. And then there was a few other things that I, we brought up. Uh, we were sitting here talking and, like, why wouldn't we uh, try that? Because with our depleted defense, just to give us a spark, I guess, maybe. And even if we didn't, if we didn't get it, you know, it was just like uh, we weren't stopping them on third downs. We weren't stopping them anywhere, you know, just, just to give us a few things here and there. So, I don't know. Give me your thoughts on that. What, what do you think here? Yeah, thanks for the call, Brian. Um I, I, I would have been open. Listen, if they kicked a field goal, I would have felt fine them attempting a 59-yard field goal. I think, you know, Tyler Bass is one of the best kickers in football. Um, so, I mean, I, I would have been fine with that decision. Um, and, and I think we kind of keep going back to this fourth down decision. And I, I, I'm, I guess I don't really know why. Um, it is not a game. It's not a play of the game that really sticks out to me, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, and you're, Brian, you're like the third caller to mention something about fourth and 10. And, it's fourth and ten. Not a lot of teams are going for that. Um, if it's fourth and three, I a hundred percent they got to go for that. But I, I just you know I I don't that is not a play in the game to me that sticks out as man. Oh, I am upset or that that really hurt their chances of winning. I, this, that that doesn't really stand out to me as as a play in the game um, that that is really worth all the all the fuss and commotion about. Let's go to Mike in Florida. Mike, you're on the post game show. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yep. I know it's a crazy day for you today. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not jealous of what you have to listen to today one bit. So, <laughs> hey, I uh, just want to talk about a couple things. These people that are calling in to fire Sean McDermott, I think it's crazy. After what he did last week and then today, it was a makeshift defense. You know, they ran, what, 78 plays and only gave up 25 points. I mean, that's, that's pretty good as, as far as the defense goes. This is totally on the offense. You know, uh, the deep ball that was picked off the digs is underthrown. Uh, the other ball earlier, that was deep. That was an underthrown ball. I mean, this is this is totally on the offense. And those people complain about penalties. The poorer one's tough. Listen, I'm a college official. I'm not going to say what conference I'm in. Uh, it was the right call by rule. Uh, some of them might have been a little ticky-tacky, but they were the right calls by rule. Uh, the rule might stink, but that's the rule. So, and Which one are you talking uh, about, college. Mike? Yeah, so the uh, the poorer one, oh, yeah. uh, by rule, that's the right flag. Uh, and then the one with Diggs, uh, that one was definitely more ticky-tacky, the OPI uh, that they called. I thought they probably could have held off on that. The poorer one's tough. I mean, he led with his shoulder. It's, it's textbook defensive play. I mean, that's, that's the way it goes. I get it. What is he supposed to do? I totally understand that. But by rule, it's the right call. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. It's, it's not an official 
issue for me. I think it's or how it's called. I think it's just the the letter of the rule. I, I just don't. It's just it, it puts defenders who are already in you know not advantageous positions anyways to start with. They're, they're just at disadvantages um, against the offense already, and they just have real no way. You you need to as a defender, you need to be able to dislodge the ball from the offensive player. Like otherwise, what's the point of playing defense? Um, but again, I mean to, to Mike's point, that that is the rule. I th- I just think it's a bad rule. Let's go to Dave in Tampa. Dave, you're on the post game show. Welcome, Dave. Hey, thank you. Uh, love the show. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to hang up uh, and listen to your answer, but I want to ask a question, um, kind of not philosophically, but. My question is, okay, so we're going to go over results all the time, and we're going to look at games individually and stuff like that. Do you notice a pattern of losing games you shouldn't? And is, is there a co- – like, there's injuries everywhere today. So you don't look too far into it. But at the same time, Kyrie Elam struggled because he hasn't played yet. Uh, it, it's difficult. But I want to hear what your perspective is. Do you think that there's an issue – Coaching-wise, not anyone specific, but is there like a mantra issue? Is there a um, is there a issue with how the Bills approach? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, you know, thanks for the call, Dave. I, I'm not I'm not sure I want to point to some philosophical cultural thing. This is a team that has won a lot of football games. They they have the highest win, uh, you know, win differential, point differential in football over the last like t- five years or something by a lot. They are a good football team. They have lost a couple of stinkers, but everybody loses stinkers. The Chiefs lose stinkers. I mean, every good team, it's, it just it, what it speaks to is how difficult the league is. It is a week-to-week league, and it's one of the hardest leagues to be consistent in. And the Bills are one of the most consistent regular season teams in the NFL and have been over the last five seasons. It's not close. So, yeah, it's, they're, they're going to drop some. They, they can't be perfect. They're not going to win every game every week. And every time they don't win a game, it can't be that it's Sean McDermott's job. It can't be that Ken Dorsey's got to get fired. It can't be that the general manager's got to get fired. Like, we got to sometimes, after these games, recognize the fact that other guys, other teams, have good players that get paid lots of money to stop the thing you're trying to do, and sometimes that works. And it's okay. It doesn't have to be an indictment of their inability or ability to win or get to a Super Bowl. Today's a big blow, not because of what I believe Sean McDermott is or isn't. Today's a big blow because the Bills lost two of their best defensive players after a week after losing their other best defensive player. Just sucks. Injuries are the worst part of the game. And what's even worse is that you feel like the NFL is setting you up to fail because they refuse to put grass surfaces down. They had the ability to play on a grass surface, and they removed the grass surface to put turf down. It sucks. That to me. That's, that's what sucks to me. Let's go to Butch in East Buffalo. Butch, you're on the post game show. Welcome, Butch. Uh, my friend Nate, how you doing? I'm good. And I just want to say, good show as always, my friend. I just want to get right to it, Nate. Uh, just to educate people out there uh, on what to see in the future moving forward. When we have offensive coordinator who's learning as he go, I mean, he has experience. He had a couple of games. Well, he had a couple of good games like last week. He called a good game, but at the same time, you have an all an MVP quarterback who makes you look good as well. But let me just say this. They was running six in a box, seven in a box. Now, one time he, he's running double tight ends the whole game. One time he ran three tight ends. Uh, that play called LeBron James, LeBron James, he was throwing to a third-string tight end down the sideline. She didn't even been in the game. But anyway, what I'm going to say is this. Now, one time did you see him make adjustments as far as screens, let him come in, screen to the back. 
You never saw him slit slide digs in a slot. You never did see him like they did Ridley. See, one thing about what you saw on the other side of the ball was Peterson, who was an offensive guru, made adjustments as he go. And see, this is where Dorsey needs to learn. This is why you see the sidelines when you see Josh is looking at the ground. You see Diggs upset. It's because they know adjustments are not being made. But at the same time, you have the talent of a gun like Josh Allen who can gun. This is why the score was so close. So we, we, we live off the talent. But at the same time, it's kind of frustrating when you see that uh, by being experienced fire as what been watching this dentist, this team that watching in game for so long is that the adjustments from a coordinator was so, so much offensive talent that you have, you have all these receivers, you're number 16 that came from the dolphins. You Hardy got in a little bit, but you never saw them run four wide. They run three wide, but they have them two tight ends. I'm going to let you go on this. Dorsey's going to have to understand this. We drafted a, a tight end first round in the draft. You don't want to make, Dawson Knox fell out of hand, so you play both of them and you play them a lot. One's going to have to play more than the other one, and that's just the way it is. But, Nate, thank you so much for taking this call. I love you, man. I love WGI. You guys keep it up. Yeah, thanks, thanks for the call, Butch. I don't know. Like, I, I, I disagree on the adjustment part of this because, for me, Josh Allen was just a little off on a couple of those deep throws, and if Josh Allen hits Stephon Diggs, in stride, instead of making him come back for the football, they probably score on that play, and it's a different football game. If Josh Allen throws the ball two yards further than he did on that draw on the interception, Diggs is catching that ball and walking into the end zone. And then Ken Dorsey's what? He's a genius. So that's the that is the 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 narrow line that we talk about with these games about play calling versus execution. If that play is executed. Just a smidge better. It's a touchdown, and not only is it a touchdown, it's a positive play, but we're talking about the game differently. And I think that's what's important is people get so caught up in play calling, and it's Ken Dorsey's fault and all this. And like, There are moments in that play, in that game, where he dialed up the play, and it was an inch off. It was a yard off. That's not a Ken Dorsey, and that's not a lack of adjustments. That's just sometimes... They don't execute at a high enough level for plays to be successful. And I think that's important to note. Let's get a quick check in the eye on the quarterback, which is brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. Josh Allen, 27 of 40, 359 yards in this game. Two touchdowns, the interception we just spoke about, and 102 quarterback rating. He also added four carries for 14 yards and a score. So three total touchdowns, 359 yards passing for Josh Allen in this game. All in all, the numbers look pretty good. But as I mentioned, some of the um, little things in this game, ball placement, stuff like that, um, that really I think ultimately ended up being the difference and why the offense really could not get out of the mud today uh, against the Jaguars. The Bills, they lose to the Jaguars 25-20. to 20. We're going to take a timeout. Phone calls when we return. 803-0550. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills postgame show. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Looking to the right corner, and he's hit by Epinesa. Ball out, and Epinesa has the football. There is your difference maker of the game, A.J. Epinesa, and it's brought to you by Independent Health. At Independent Health, you'll find more than 1,000 Western New Yorkers who are big fans of this community and big fans of the Bills, of course. Independent Health, well beyond insurance. Learn more at redshirttreatment.com. 
Com. We're going to hear from AJ Epinesa here in just one moment. Before we do that, let's get reconnected with our fans and get back to the phones. Let's go to Darren in Rochester. Darren, you're on the post game show. Welcome. Darren, do I got you? Darren going once. All right, we'll get to Vinny in Wheatfield. Vinny, you're on the post game show. Welcome, Vinny. Yeah, whistle pig. Whistle pig. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Go um, ahead. So I um. I've been thinking about, you know, all these injuries we've been having on defense, and I think it may be time to pull the plug on uh, DeMar Hamlin and maybe trade him for uh, some leadership in the secondary. What are your thoughts on that? Leadership in the secondary. I mean, they have two longtime veteran safeties. What do they need more leadership in the secondary for? Yeah, because one's out for the entire season, Jocko. Yeah, and they have Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, who are two of the like longest standing veterans on the team. Yeah, we got a we got a cornerback that's not even good enough to suit up and we drafted him in the first round. That was a bad What does that have to do with veteran leadership? Because we don't have any, that's why. I, I just told you we have veteran leadership. It's Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. If you want to trade for a corner because you need more depth, I guess. But for a veteran leader, that doesn't make any sense. They don't need veteran leadership. They need guys that can play. Kyrie Leon played one game this year. He played a couple of games last year and was fine. They played a really good wide receiving crew, by the way. A very, very, very good group of a, tri- a, a duo of receivers in Christian Kirk and in Calvin Ridley. And he didn't play that great. But, you know, veteran leadership. I, like, what are you talking about? This is the most. This is one of the oldest teams in the league. They don't need any more veteran leadership. Let's go to Austin and Lockport. Austin, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Austin. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Hey, I was just – I sit there and I get so frustrated when I see James Cook go up the middle. Um, I just don't – I just want your opinion so I can stop yelling at the TV. But uh, James Cook up the middle just doesn't seem to work. I get it. He's a fast running back. Um, when he gets an open field, there's not too many guys that can catch him. But – I just don't understand James Cook up the middle when you have running bigger running backs. Are you referring to like runs up the middle like the like that speed draw play that they do? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I can't stand it. You know, they and they the, and the other thing and sure. I'll hang up and let you guys say whatever, but those I don't know if they're checkdowns or whatever when they dump the ball off to the left or to the right. And it just seems like Allen's so far back from the line of scrimmage, by the time he checks down to the left or to the right, those guys need six, eight yards before they even get to the line of scrimmage. And there's two, three guys waiting there for him. I, I, I just don't understand those two plays, I think, kill us on offense as far as gaining yards. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, thanks, uh, Austin. I, I think in terms of the James Cook run, that it's, it's a little overused, the play. It had some success earlier on in week one against a, a, a penetrating defensive line in the New York Jets. It worked a couple of times. It, it kind of hit them. But, yeah, no, no one's surprised by that play anymore. Um, but in terms of generally speaking, James Cook up, up the middle, I think James Cook's been good pretty much regardless. I think he had a tough game today. Um, really, the entire Bills running gr- uh, group had a tough game today. They did not run the football well today, um, which hurt them. I think that hurt them a lot. They weren't able to get themselves in advantageous second down positions because first down runs uh, were not generating enough yardage or success. And because of that, they they didn't look good. Um, so I think for me, I, I'm good with, with James Cook runs in the middle on the outside zone 
pin and pull, whatever the concepts that you want to use, I think James Cook can run them all. I think the question is, you know, can he keep going to the well on a play that worked a couple of times in week one that really hasn't worked since? I think there's a real gripe there um, and getting a little bit more unique and diverse in how they're, how they're sort of deploying their running game um, and running more of I formation. I didn't see them running a lot of I formation today. They did a lot of play action, a lot of step five and seven step drops. We didn't really see a lot of traditional turnaround hand the ball off plays out of, out of the I formation, and I'd like to see more of that. Let's go to Mike in Wheatfield. Mike, you're on the postgame show. Welcome, Mike. Hey, how's it going, man? Good. Um, you know, it's it's funny how fast everybody forgets, you know, how good the Bills have played when, you know, they had a game when they lose. You know, we lost largely in part to the our ability inability to get the defense off the field and because the Jacksonville defense would not allow the Bills to get in a rhythm. But there's a lot of good stuff that happened. You didn't see superhero Josh. He was sliding, he was dumping the ball off, he was running out of bounds, he wasn't trying to force it. Yeah, the long bomb to digs that you know, he said the ball got jostled and he threw it short. Okay, big punt, great. You know, we saw guys on the defense stepping up. A.J. Epinesa, which is countless games in a row that he's, you know, putting that play out there. We lost some players on defense. Still next man up. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of positives that came out of today. They're going to fix it, and we'll get back to the back to the grind uh, this, com- this coming Sunday against the Giants. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mike. Yeah, it's, I know, it's it's a frustrating thing for me because it's like, it felt like a lot of the vibes after last week were, okay, the Bills are back, especially offensively. It looked, really looked easy again, and today can go a long way in undoing a lot of that the positive vibes that were made. And again, I, to me, this isn't the game where you're like, oh, this is the patented Dorsey game where you're frustrated and he didn't do enough. To me, Ken Dorsey was a couple of better executed throws away from having a really good game plan because he probably could have scored 30 points. Um, they have to start quicker. They started too slow today. I think a big part of them starting slow was the jet lag. It, it, they seemed flat. Um, that is not anything that Ken Dorsey can change with his play calls. Um, you need your guys to execute. You need him to come out with a little bit more, with a sense of urgency. Um, and that didn't happen today. Um, so for them to be more successful, they've got to come out quicker. They've got to get some first downs. You can't go three and out in your first two drives of the game and uh, with, with injuries on the defensive side of the ball and, and expect to be successful. It's just it's not going to happen. Let's go to Steve in Charlotte. Steve, you're on the postgame show. Thanks, uh, thanks for hanging out, Steve. What do you got? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Nate. Yep. Um, just a total F from the technical broadcasting perspective, just audio problems all day, jittery. Just that, <laughs> The NFL wants to market this product to the international community. And what did they see? Guys standing around, flags every play, injuries every play. Is that a product? If I'm a 35-year-old male in the U.K., but have a passing casual interest in American football, how could you objectively say that that's a product that is more entertaining than the massively popular, massively profitable soccer league that they have right there in town? And no offense to anybody out there who loves these London games, but like, there's just no benefit to the American fan. No benefit other than revenue interest to the league. So if the only point is to make money, <laughs> that's a tough spot. I just don't see the, the benefit of these games. Is the Premiership League playing games in Cincinnati, Ohio? Are they playing regular season games in Los Angeles, California? No, they don't need it. They make plenty of money playing on that tiny little island above the North Sea. So I just don't get it. Tyler Medikavich had a personal foul penalty today. 15 yards. Did you see the play? When, when, where was that? Tons of bad job, no replay. It was not a good broadcast. Steve, it was it was a terrible broadcast. This is a national football league, the NFL Network. This isn't. Yeah, it's their it's their network. Yeah. It's their network, and just an absolutely total ass. Eisen and, and uh, uh, 
Warner, fine, whatever, maybe a C minus, but like technical broadcasting basics, guys. Basics. Cut to the, the like this. Steve, the, the I don't know if you saw the Fox broadcast. I was started the game on Fox and there was a Spanish language broadcast that was underneath the main broadcast. It was from start to finish it was a train wreck. And then absolutely no acknowledgement, no tweet from Fox 29. Nobody, oh, sorry, guys, we fixed it. Nothing, just this good. Nothing happened here. It's fine. I was watching on the file stream. Thanks to my dad for letting me stream his file. So a legal, totally paid for internet stream. <laughs> and are you ready for this? The audio cut from the feed cut out five minutes left in the game. There was just no audio. Reset it, closed out, went to other channels, fine. There was no audio on the NFL Network broadcast feed, at least on the stream, the last, like, six minutes of the game. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, it literally stopped working. Yeah, Absolutely. that was uh, it. Was an embarrassing uh, broadcast, start to finish. Thanks for the call, Steve. Listen, I I think we maybe feel a little different about London if the Bills win and Matt Milano doesn't get hurt. But I, I don't disagree about what these games are. It's not a good product. You're asking guys, and the idea of a team being based in London full time is a joke. It's an absolute joke because to me, first of all, these are soccer stadiums, and if you're going to play in a soccer stadium, play on the turf. Like, play on grass. Why are you changing up the turf? So you got these injuries, and now the Bills are going to be coming back in a short week. They're not going to get until Monday night, which means you're basically going to have their sleep schedule screwed up for the next week and a half, and now they're going to have to come back, and, you know, it's it's just, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you 100%, dude. It just is it is not a good product for the NFL. Um, it, if you don't believe me, it was 11 to nothing. Um, at 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 points that eleven to seven throughout most of this game is a terrible product, and guys are getting hurt on a bad playing surface. They got a game in that stadium on that turf next week. Jen in Rochester, you're on the post game show. Welcome, Jen. Thank you so much. Had to call because Dave in Tampa is my son-in-law, so I thought I'd give my two cents on the game. Um, I think people have some some really interesting things. Except Vinny and Wheatfield has never played a sound uh, of football in his life. So I think that the time that they took to get to um, over to London and adjust to the time was ridiculous. Those guys were physically exhausted. You could see it on them. The injury to Matt Milano is horrible. Um, And that call on Jordan Poyer for unsportsmanlike conduct um, had me, like, losing my mind. But for people to get online and on radio shows and say Sean McDermott should be fired and that the window is closed and we're done. Give give your mafia card back. We don't want you. You never would have survived the late 80s, early 90s as a Bills fan. But I do just want to ask the same question as my son-in-law did. Why are we losing these games that should be a gimme? Because we lost to Jacksonville two years ago. I don't ago. think this game's a gimme, though, uh, uh, Jen. I, I would disagree. I don't think this game's a gimme. That's a good football team. You're, oh, I have, you're right, you're right. But Buffalo is still very much favored. And I will For say, sure. too, I don't feel that um, the offense ever gave up. I feel like Josh was the Josh we want. He wasn't playing hero ball, and that's fantastic because when he plays hero ball, again, want to rip my hair out. But I don't think that the NFL going to London for this is – is smart. I think it's really dumb. I would prefer that the Bills never play in Europe and they never play on Thanksgiving because we have lost Trey, Vaughn, and now Matt Milano in these stupid games. Um, but I just, again, I think that 
overreaction by everybody saying, fire this one, fire that one, get rid of them, they're done, their season's over. I don't think Dorsey should have kept running James Cook up the middle because it obviously didn't work. So that should have been changed up during the game. But overall, um, I guess I'm curious, what do you think going forward um, they need to change? I don't agree with trading DeMar Hamlin, by the way. But what, yeah. what do you think that they need? Yeah, I, thanks for the call, Jen. I, I think they just got to execute a little bit better. Is really, I don't think that they need a lot of fundamental changes. This was going into the game, the number two scoring offense in the league behind the Dolphins. I mean, they're averaging 34 points a game through the first four weeks. I think that they had a tough day. They didn't execute. They were off by a little bit. And I think a lot of the fatigue had to do with it. They didn't get good sleep there. It was a long, I've traveled to, um, to London before. It's not a short flight. It's long. It's a long travel day. And when you get there and the time zone changes, it's a, Tough transition, and when you're changing time zones like that and you get 24 hours to acclimate, um, that's the kind of attention to detail, and they just look fatigued. They looked jet-lagged, and um, it's tough. All right, we're going to hear some locker room sound now. We've got uh, A.J. Epinesa, who was in the locker room after the game, and it's brought to you by Reimer Home Services for your HVAC plumbing and electric needs. Yeah, no, um, today was a fun day, and whenever you can make plays like that, it's, it's really exciting. Is it sucked that it came in a, in a game you lost? And it was a yeah. game in your career. Yeah, no, it stinks. It stinks to lose this one. It bites. But um, we got next week. We're going to come back better and stronger and just be more prepared. You guys came into the game you know, injured at defensive end. Did you know you were going to have to kind of play more, step up more? In uh, a- I mean, I kind of figured just because uh how things were going throughout this week. And then um, as the game progressed, guys started getting a little... um. Uh, a little banged up a little bit. So um, the role definitely increased a little bit today, and um, that I just shows me that I have to work on my conditioning, work on other things so I can help the team in the other ways. How did you feel? A lot of plays. You can go. How did you kind of feel about, like, the whole travel and sleep you know, before the game, all that? They had us prepared pretty well. Sleep on the plane, don't sleep at the hotel till night, and, yeah, they worked out pretty good plays this recent stretch but was there anything you were seeing particular from Trevor that was allowing you to like capitalize on him specifically um there were th- we know how he wanted to escape the pocket um and I put a lot of emphasis on that this week and so um there were a couple times where um you know it kind of felt like you knew where he was going at times with his feet um just because of tendencies he's done in the past uh, a pretty good one mm-hmm sacks and passes defense for you what's it like I know obviously not the result you want but just kind of for you to be showing a performance like that uh it's exciting you know um I, everybody wants to always have a great game um and do things get a sack and do all that um I'm just happy I could impact the game help my team um and at least give us a chance to win the game all right that is Bill's defensive end AJ Epinesa again following the Bill's 25 to 20 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London we're going to take a timeout. On the other side, we'll get things kind of closed off. We'll have an hour of the overtime show for those here in Western New York on our flagship WGR 550. We'll break away from the network here at 3 p.m. So if you're sitting on hold, I'll get to everyone's phone calls here coming up, if not in this hour, in the next one as well. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills postgame show. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network.
Not a good day for the Buffalo Bills as they fell in London 25-20 to to the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this afternoon. Josh Allen did lead all quarterbacks in passing with 359 yards and two touchdowns. Allen also added a rushing touchdown to his total, while wide receiver Stephon Diggs led the Bills in receiving with eight catches for 121 yards and one touchdown. However, the main storyline for today was two massive injuries for the Bills' defense as both Matt Milano and Daquan Jones left the game early. For Milano, it was reported as a lower leg and knee injury, and for Jones, a pec injury. And in his postgame press conference, Bills head coach Sean McDermott described both injuries as not good. Next up for the Bills, they will host the New York Giants for Sunday night football. There are six games currently in action. The Texans lead the Falcons 9-7 in the third. The Panthers and Lions, they are about to get going as they get out of halftime. The Lions, though, lead that game by quite a bit, 28-10. to The Colts have just scored against the Titans. They lead that game 16-13. However, rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson has been ruled out for the rest of the game with a right shoulder injury. The Dolphins are all over the Giants, 24-10. to The Saints, the exact same thing with the Patriots. However, it's 24-0, and Mac Jones has already thrown a pick six in that game, while the Ravens lead the Steelers 10-3. We will have four 4 o'clock games as well, Eagles-Rams, Bengals, Cardinals, Jets, Broncos, and Chiefs, Vikings before rounding out Sunday with Sunday Night Football as the Cowboys take on the San Francisco 49ers. Scores around the league, they're delivered by the UPS Store. Be unstoppable. You're listening to the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. All right, welcome back to the Buffalo Bills postgame show here on the Buffalo Bills radio network. A quick in and out as we head over and get off the network here and head to our local postgame show on WGR Sports Radio 550, our flagship station. Uh, If you're hanging out on hold here and want to get on the show, uh, I will continue taking calls on the other side, so don't go anywhere. Uh, That's going to do it for postgame here on the network. Appreciate you listening. The Bills lose 25-20 to and head to Sunday Night Football where they'll face off at home against the New York Giants in a week from tonight. Overtime show coming up next here locally on WGR. This is Buffalo Bills football. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 